Hello and welcome to Frank Five's 80s in less than 80. That's where we promise to not talk more than an hour and 20 minutes, I guess. Um, Frank Five and I are doing something uh, new. Uh, next time you hear us, uh, Frank will have his own mic, so it won't sound so like uh, telephony, which evidently yeah, a lot mean, of people do not like. Yeah, I, I mean, I have an iPhone 5. So I don't know what the problem is. Right, yeah. I mean, you're, you're getting some 3G action that's unparalleled. Exactly. I mean, it's either that or the rotary landline that I have in my house. I mean, you're, you pick whatever one you want to do. Yeah, the guy at Radio Shack hooked you up with some sort of uh, contraption that can translate uh, signals. Yeah, so. I- so anyway, uh, what we're going to do, Frank Five, and this is we're giving this one away on the regular old Tell Em Steve Dave feed, and then any uh-huh. successive ones will be on Patreon. We're just doing this for the hell of it as a, a beta. Have you ever had a beta right. before? No, no. Uh, my Mary used to have Beta Max, mm-hmm. and maybe a Beta <laughs> Fish. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, this is really just like two friends talking about a movie. That's all. It's not like as um, like detailed, right, as the other rewinds uh, that we do on Patreon with the video. It's really just, you know, we saw this movie and we're just trying to talk a little bit about it, right? Seems a little more casual and um, it's like if you and I went out to dinner, it would be pretty much the same conversation anyway. You know, it's, it's funny you say it. Speaking of that, uh, you and I, we talked on Sunday. After I got off the phone with you, Mary turns to me and she goes, you know what? I really miss Brian Johnson and Mary Beth. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, I can't wait till we can go back down there again. And, yeah. then, and then she said, and get out of this house with you. <laughs> yeah, it has to throw that in there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, um, yeah. Mary Beth said that. She's like, I wish Frank and Mary lived closer. I wish Troy and Meryl lived closer. <laughs> you know, she wants everyone yeah. to live closer. I, I feel the same exact way, same exact way. But at least, we're, at least we're be able to communicate through phone and stuff. So this is kind of like, um, I mean, you're probably you and, and Walt are probably the people I talk to um, the most since this quarantine thing happened. <laughs> other than Mary, other than Mary. Yeah, how's she doing, Mary? She, she she's right? Yeah, you know what? She's doing well. She just she just came home now. She was uh, down at her father's, and she just threw some. Uh, laundry in and you know she wants to go for a, a little ride later so you know we're going to go drive around a little bit but you know it's it's it, it's starting to get to to everybody um you know i the other the other day we had an exterminator come to the house because i had something up in my attic i heard some noise and i'm not kidding you i was so starved for conversation that i kept the guy I kept the guy at my house for like 45 minutes we ended up talking about his divorce we ended up talking about his kids going to college. I mean, it was just, and normally I'm not somebody who likes small talk, especially with people I don't know. And I didn't want this guy to leave. I mean, I'm literally hoping for Jehovah's Witnesses to come to the door. You're like, no, 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 no. I, I think I heard another one yeah. up there. You better go take a look. <laughs> I am very interested in changing my long distance service. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. Oh, it's, boy. uh, you know, they, I read somewhere that, um, I guess Ashley Madison, you know, they, they couldn't. They set married people up for affairs or, or, or whatever. Uh, yeah. Like a lot of virtual affairs are taking place now, where I guess it's basically just cam stuff. That would I assume now, that would be a virtual affair, right? Now, let me tell you, let me ask you a question, because Mary and I, we had this conversation. This has nothing to do with the movie, but Mary and I have had this conversation. Would that be something that you would consider cheating? Um, if I did it, no. 
If she did, it, yes. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I think guys and girls just look at it uh, differently. You know, you know uh, if I'm included in something, I feel much better about it. You know, uh-huh. the only reason that somebody wouldn't include you is because they feel there's no place for you there. So, I guess right. if if you feel like I would be like, well, there was a place for me. You know, right. like you're having a, you went to Ashley Madison and now you're camming with another girl. You know. I'll watch right. from outside the window. <laughs> yeah. well, see, I never got to do anything like that because we still have dial-up up here. So it would be very, right. very choppy to cam with somebody. Yeah, there's a video digi shit all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, his penis is all blocky. Look at that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we're doing this on, what day is today? Tuesday, uh, the 28th. And I'm hoping to get it up by Tuesday, the 28th. We'll see if Declan can come through. If not, it's the... The 29th, and uh, we're just kind of giving it to everyone for a, a, sort of a midweek between Tell Them Steve Dave's as, you know, just something more to listen to. You got 24 hours. Right. There's 24 hours in right. a day, so you got to fill it up with yeah, something. There's only so much. So, only so much you guys can do. Right. So uh, if, if, you're, if you're so bereft of entertainment that you want to uh, listen to two guys talk about a movie that's some, <laughs> almost 40 years old, it wasn't even a good movie, so don't think that either. <laughs> it's a piece of shit. But it was one of those schlocky 80s movies, teen comedies, teen sex romps that came out. Uh, it seemed like 10 a week were coming out. Many of them Canadian yeah. because I believe at the time Canadian tax breaks uh, would allow like a 100% write-off or something if you invested in films. So like rich people who are like, well, I don't want to pay taxes on this money would just invest in these small shitty films. Just give somebody a hundred grand to go play with whatever, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But then like, you know, you'll get, we're going to talk about this another time, Porky's, which was made on a, a small budget and then went on to make a fuck ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge dollars. And even joysticks, I mean, which is what we're going to talk about today. Um, the the turnaround or the amount of money that they made considering what they invested in, I mean, it was pretty good yeah. considering that it's a, such a shitty movie. It's, um, it, it, it's incompetence is really yeah. like staggering in terms of telling a, like you get the, you get the gist of the story mm-hmm. and the gist of the story is uh, <laughs> there's a guy, he's like a councilman, right? Uh, Joe Don Baker plays a councilman, I think. Or a businessman. Yeah, he's a businessman. Big, big businessman, yeah. Yeah, and he's pissed that there's an arcade in town. And he's not specifically pissed at anything as much as, like, it's going to contribute to the moral decay. And he has a young daughter who frequents the arcade, and he's mad about that. And I guess the only way he feels he can keep her away is if he has the whole shebang shut down. Yeah. Uh, her name he, was – what was her name again? Her name was uh, – um, Corinne – her real – let me see. Her real name was Corinne Boher. B-O-H-R-E-R, and she played Patsy, the Valley Girl. Yes, she did a kick-ass. For my money, she was the best actor in the movie. Her Valley Girl was really good. Yeah, and and I looked her up afterwards, and she still pretty much looks the same. Because she was cute. Even in you know in the movie, the movie took place in '83, and then seeing pictures of her, you know, today she looks very, very similar. Yeah, I think I texted you mid movie, and I was like, "How fucking cute is Patsy?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I always do that whenever we watch a movie or something. If I start seeing the players or some of these actresses, I start looking, going down the rabbit hole, looking for other things that they've done and, and so on. And 
Um, she she really didn't do too much after that. It was pretty much this movie and then a couple of other little things, and then that was it. Yeah. So I mean, they didn't have like a huge uh, ton of stars uh, in it. You know, there was that, the most famous one I think at the time. The guy you just said was that Joe Don Baker. Right. Oh yeah, that, by far the, the like well known character actor even then. Um, so yeah. he wants it shut down. The uh, owner, who's a, like a young, cool guy, he's uh, he schemes with some of his friends to stop him from doing it. And uh, the yep. way it's decided is um, is that the owner, Jefferson, has to play in a, a video game duel with King Vidiot, who's like a very cartoonish <laughs> comic booky punk rocker played by John Grease, who was? Yes. He was Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite fame. The best character in Napoleon Dynamite, as far as I'm concerned, and but not the uh, not the best character in this one. Though no, he was no, not even close. No, and you couldn't even, you couldn't I, you couldn't tell it was him. You could not tell. No, no, I, I you know I paused it many times because this I ended up watching this. Uh, I watched it originally on Amazon, and with Amazon you can kind of pause it and they'll tell you who the cast members are. And then when I went to go rewatch it, it wasn't on Amazon anymore. It was on that other site that I gave you. Or like two so or able- something. Yeah. 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 So I wasn't able to see it, but I ended up looking, looking at stuff up afterward. But yeah, this was 1983 teen sex comedy, $300,000 it cost to make. And it brought back 3.9 million in 1983. So I mean, and it only, it only has two stars. It's a two star rating on IMDb. And uh, pretty much everywhere else you see reviews. But I think, you know, uh, the return on investment for that movie was, is really, really good. Which is the complete opposite of what they were looking for, probably. They're looking for a tax shelter. And right. Like, how fuck, How much did that piece of shit make? Exactly. <laughs> 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 Joe Baker's like, let's do Joyce's too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, it was written by, uh, I mean, well, it was directed by this guy, Graydon Clark, who I'm not going to bore you with his resume. It was written by three guys. I'm not going to bore you with their resumes, except to say. Right. Uh, Curtis Buron, uh, who was one of the three writers, wrote Ladybugs, which, do you remember that movie? Was that the, with Rodney Dangerfield? Yeah, Rodney plays the coach. With the of soccer a, coach? Yeah, he plays a coach of an all-girl soccer team and uh, uses his fiance's son, and he dresses, her up, he dresses him up as a girl so that, like he's a ringer, and the movie's yeah. a fucking complete piece of shit. <laughs> and to uh to give you some context as to where comedy was uh in 1983 some of the movies that came out that year frank uh national lampoon's yeah. vacation trading places strange brew risky business a christmas story and monty python's meaning of life so joysticks so all, all good movies <laughs> joysticks was in good company i that's about all they had going for it yeah that's uh yeah they were a comedy in the same year that's their claim well anyway it's amazing because you know we've been i we started doing this or i started looking since the quarantine started just watching 80s movies and i actually found this joystick by accident i love arcade games so i just went on uh amazon and i did a search for arcade games uh, arcade movies movies having to do with arcade and this came up and I started watching it. And it's just kind of amazing that in the 80s, all these really good movies came out, these iconic movies, right? Back to the Future, Karate Kid, Adventures in Babies, Babysitting, Cocktail. And then you have Porky's, and then you have Joysticks, which tries to follow the same 
type of, you know, the romance story, the, the we got to get one over on the man story, and it still just kind of falls flat. So the movie starts out with uh, a very cliche dork like, like he can barely contain himself like contain his nerdiness yeah uh, he's driving down the street and he the two girls in a convertible pull up to the side of him mm-hmm. and uh actually the movie starts with shots in the arcade i forgot that it actually starts with right. a montage in the arcade which shows a lot of young girls asses yeah. Uh, it's just all games and teen girl ass, like short yeah. shorts, like hugging their fucking little buttocks and crap. Uh, this is this guy who uh, directed this. I think he also directed this movie Fun, which um, was another sort of pervy movie. Renee Humphrey was in it, the girl who played uh, Trish the Dish in Mallrats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure that was this guy. Uh, Wait. Maybe. I used to go to. I used to go to a lot of arcades when I was a kid. I mean, even now, because I, I just love that stuff. And I can tell you that what they were showing in that montage was never anything I saw in an arcade. Did you see... Yeah, I actually had some questions for you about the arcades. Uh, so you, okay. you had an arcade you went to when you were young. When would you say, like, what was that age? Oh, God, I was going to an arcade probably since, like, from nine until, to be honest with you, I'll, I still do it. You know, if we're at the mall and there's a Dave and Buster's, Mario will go shop and I'll go into the arcade. Right. Now, nine, are you going by yourself? Like, how do you get there? Uh, usually it was uh, with friends and it was, the, you know, the kind of deal where, you know, your mom drops off and my mom will pick up, right. you know, that kind of thing. Um, I, I really remember it being like right around, you know, 10 or 11 years old is when we were really, really hanging around uh, the arcades a lot. We had two malls in our area, both had two arcades in them each. So, uh, you know, one weekend you pick one mall, another weekend, weekend you pick the other mall. Huh. And that was back when you could drop a nine-year-old off at the mall and nobody said boo. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, Yeah, I remember us going to the movies and then afterwards going and hanging out at the arcade and you know, staying there at 6, 7 o'clock, and then parents come and pick you up. And no problem whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, for, for me... Uh, this would have been because you're you're younger than I am, right? How old are you again? Yeah, not much. Uh, I'm 48. 48. Okay, I'm 52. So yeah, there's a four year difference there. Um, arcades were not big when I was young because there was really only pinball, like at least in our area. Um, so like Walt and I, we would look for pinball machines and, and many times would play in bars. There, uh-huh. there were there was a bar called the Web. There was another bar called the Pump House. So our bars were your malls, where it's like until we got kicked <laughs> out of the bar because people would be like, "Why are two kids in here playing pinball?" Because uh, I'm talking like 11, 12 years old. Uh, there was a Chinese right. restaurant that had a few pinball machines, but like until the early '80s, when like right now, like you could tell in this movie, video games were the shit. They were like the Pokemon cards of the Pokemon craze. Yes. Like that's all people cared about were video games at the time, whether they be the home consoles or the, you know, the big uh, Space Invaders, Defender, all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of sad that nowadays, I mean, the kids don't have that. I mean, I guess every generation thinks they had it better, but, you know, I'll go into an arcade now and, you know, all of the games there are just games to win tickets or, or you know, win a prize or something. It's not yes. the same feeling as it was when i was younger i went to uh wildwood uh, a couple years back and and the arcades <laughs> that i used to go to every single machine was you pay like 
$2 and every game wins like some kind of stuffed animal, which means right. they're getting them for 50 cents and they're just making a dollar fifty on everyone. But I'm like, there's not one real game here. This is right. This is, this is absurd. There's no skill. <laughs> no. Yeah. There's, there, there's no skill. And I mean, no fun then, either. you know, I don't want yeah, that stuffed I mean, animal. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, this was, it was, this was a huge deal in, in the eighties was, was the arcades. I mean, they had the uh, Pac-Man fever came out uh, for, so they had all these arcade songs, um, uh, t-shirts, posters. I mean, the arcades were, were huge back then. And it's funny to see how they just basically disappeared. I mean, that's why whenever we go to Red Bank, I have to go to Yesterday's. Yeah, Silver Ball, I think, is even better. It has better lighting. Yestercade's my problem is they have skylights, which put a lot of light down on the, those uh, pinball machines. You can't see them half the time. So there's another one called Super Bowl? Uh, Silver Ball down in Asbury Park. Silver, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. yeah the, the museum, right? It's a, yeah, yeah. a pinball museum. That's a real good one. Now, as you got older, cool. did your parents want you to stay away from the arcade? Because I know mine did. No. No, I think mine were just happy that I had friends. And uh, I was able to, yeah, I was able to, to go and do something. It's like, oh, somebody wants to be with them. Let them go to the, to the mall, you know? Um, no, they didn't, they didn't care. They really didn't care. Uh, yeah. My, my mother was, um, big on, she, she was kind of like Joe Don Baker light. Like she, uh, she wouldn't, she was too lazy to go to the council and be like, shut it down. But, <laughs> but uh, like, but enough that she would give me shit about how I shouldn't, I shouldn't go. Now, unlike Patsy, I mean, you know, like Patsy, I didn't listen. I would still right. go. And she's like, you know, they sell drugs there and blah, 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 and all that shit. And you're like, no, they don't. No, they don't. But meanwhile, the place got shut down for the guy selling drugs, you know. <laughs> so like, anything parents would think about the arcade was probably true. Like, it was right. likely true that that's what was going on. But, you, I mean, what are you going to do? You just got to trust your kid and hope for the best. You cross your fingers. You drop them right. off when they're nine and hope they don't end up like Adam Walsh, you know. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, so anyway, <laughs> uh, what is that? Uh, so Eugene, right? Eugene was the nerd. Eugene was the nerd. Who, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> and he was on his way to work, first day of work. Yeah, he was going to work at the arcade. And two girls pull up <laughs> next to him and they're like, we have to do uh, some kind of hazing ritual for uh, our sorority. They're sorority girls, uh -huh. they claim. And uh, that's when the tops come off. And that's, as far as titty count, those are yes. four titties in the convertible. <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of, like, the street. And I, it's, it's incredible. Again, have you ever had an experience? Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, you know what, I knew you were going to ask this, so I really thought long and hard. My very first job was I worked at Auntie Anne's Pretzels when oh, I was a nice. kid. Yeah, so I, yeah, I know how to make the pretzels. They are good. Not after you've worked there for so many years, but yeah, they're good. And I had never once had anybody come on to me or, or show me their cleavage or anything while I worked at Auntie Anne's. The closest that ever happened, and I'm telling you, this is honest, God's truth, there was an older man who had very, very arthritic fingers, like they were almost like claws, and he would come and stand there and talk to me, you know, 10, 15 minutes at a time, then he'd go walking around the mall, and then he'd come back and he'd talk to me 10, 15 minutes again. That was as close as I have ever gotten to getting anything at, the, at, the, um, at work on the first day, or on the, at my first job, rather. 
bothered by a crippled man. That's the closest you ever came to tits. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Uh, I wonder what John's up to now. I guess I know his name. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as working and uh, unsolicited, hey, you want to see my boobs? Let's, I mean, I did a lot of like low-end blue-collar jobs, and mm-hmm. I feel like it probably didn't happen until I was on TV. And then, <laughs> and really? then yeah, and, and then maybe sometimes. People, but uh-huh. not even then. Really, not even then. Where people are just like, would uh, total strangers? Absolutely not. Never. If we're talking about yeah. the exact same situation, no. But but again, I don't think anyone has. You know, like if you ask enough girls who have been in, who gone to college, they're like, I have never uh, been involved with nor witnessed a topless pillow fight. Right. You know, which crushes a lot of uh, childhood, you know, visions. Now, well, you, you know, and the thing is. Yeah, and the thing is, these two women who were doing this to this nerd, they were hot. I mean, I think one of them was a Playboy playmate. I think I I looked her up. Um, I mean, so it wasn't like, like you said, it wasn't like, you know, the crippled finger guy or, you know, very, very overweight people going for pretzels, you know, wanting to show me anything. These were gorgeous women that took him out of his car and he thought he was going to have sex with them right there in the middle of the street. Yeah, they're they're pulling his pants down. And that the real his, uh, joke was that they were trying to get his pants off so he didn't have pants. They were never right. going to fuck him. <laughs> no, no, no. He didn't think so. He thought so, but no, that yeah. was never going to happen. Yeah, but still, they did, like, whip out their boobs and rub them all over him and stuff, which is more than, like, I mean, if you think of the dorks in, in high school and shit... Uh, that's more than yeah. they could have ever hoped for. Were two adult women doing this, which again, it's child molestation. Because yeah. he, it was, yeah. he, it was alluded to that he's in high school, so that's that's the way it is. Well, how about how about the, how about the cop car drives by and just keeps going? Keeps going, yeah. So <laughs> so so after the cop car sees this, and then the girls take off, and then he's left pantsless. Uh, now he's back en route to the arcade. And that's where we meet the owner, and now the two girls are there. Yep. Who are in the car, and it turns out they're friends of Jefferson's, and uh, the whole thing was a prank to get uh, Eugene's pants. Yeah. Eugene's pants off. Uh, we don't know any of these people, so I don't know why we would care. But when <laughs> Eugene comes in, the girls again attack him and start rubbing his crotch with their hands, like they're rubbing all over him and shit, which is more. Yeah. Again, like, you know, nobody's going to crow about this, you know, these days, but that, that right. they're definitely molesting a child. Like, you. Yeah. That's decidedly against the law. <laughs> <laughs> well, and right there in public and right in front of everybody, and, you know. Uh, I, I, it was, I don't know. It was, it was, it was kind of, it was interesting. It was definitely uh, an interesting thing. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Bailey. So he's running the arcade, right? He's running it for his grandfather's grandfather's out of town, I believe, and he's the one running it for him. Um, let me see. Yeah, he said the girls were hitting on him. They collected his pants. Uh, and then while you, know, how about when we get to the arcade, we start to see an array of weird customers. Right. All these weird people in the arcade. There was like a monk. Um, there was somebody who was acting like Curly from Three Stooges. Uh, uh, I mean, just a, a bunch of weird, weird uh, dynamics there. A slot playing Pac-Man, who was one of the main characters. Yeah. Did, did you feel like he um, 
Like that was their answer to Belushi. It's like he's the big fat slob who cause, exactly. cause Belushi died in nineteen eighty two, so let's assume the movie was made in eighty two if it came out in eighty three. Um it could be that he's like, I'm gonna just model the character after Belushi or any number of, you know, heavy set guys, you know, Dom DeLuise or whoever's doing yeah. that shit then. But what was his name, like McDorfus or yeah, uh, John McDorf or Jonathan Andrew McDorfus, and they just called him Dorfus in there, and that's exactly what I thought of the first time I saw him. I thought that he was the um, the uh, Belushi character, absolutely, and uh, you know he was very very he he was like this video game savant almost, and he was just enthralled in this Pac Man game. And to the point where he was ready to get a high score, I think it was, or something. And uh, I think it was that Eugene was asking him something or wanted to clean the screen. And then he had to, you know, he didn't get the high score. He didn't get to a million points. And he wanted to go inside the video game to actually see how it runs, you know, looking at the wires and this and that. So, I mean, he's really like a really, really bizarre uh, kind of character. A lot of fart jokes. Came yeah. from McDorfus. Yeah, McDorfus I mean, was the, the yeah. comic relief, the lowbrow comic relief. Yeah, this was definitely modeled for like thirteen to fifteen year olds for a movie. I think, even with the boobs, even with the boobs, because because back then, like you were definitely, you know, if you went to the movies, like you know, I remember seeing like caged, uh, uh, Chained Heat, not Caged Heat, but mm-hmm. Chained Heat, the Linda Blair one, like in 1982, 83, somewhere in there. So, you know, you're like 12, 13, 14, and nobody's checking your ID because they don't give a fuck. And right. like, do I, like, do I, why do I give a fuck about a women's prison movie? I'll tell you. <laughs> Two reasons times however many women are in that movie. <laughs> exactly. Same reason I saw Showgirls. Yeah. That you suffered through that movie, that total piece of crap. <laughs> oh god! Uh, so then what happened? Oh, punk rocker gang, right? Punk rocker gang shows up. The uh, vidi- videoettes or King Vidiot, King Vidiot, and his videoettes. Yes, they're like four <laughs> girls that uh, dress like they're all punk rockers. And again, uh, where did you grow up? You grew up in, in, in Central New York. Central New York. Okay, I grew up in the yeah. Jersey Shore. I never once ever saw a punk rocker. That is a very typical punk rocker in movies, like with the face, like the right. white pancake makeup and then like the overly done mohawks and all this shit. Now, maybe in New York, you know, where, mm-hmm. but, but like in suburban Jersey, like this was, it was just all fake. Yeah. You know? so I mean, I know, same, maybe you same, same here. No, same here. I mean, such a New York, it was, you know, we had a little bit of a Madonna craze, you know, the women dressed like, the girls dressed like Madonna. That was kind of the big thing, but we never, I never saw a punk rock thing. Maybe more for the real New York, like down in New York City and so on, but not so much upstate. We didn't really experience that, or I didn't anyway. You're not referring to Staten Island when you say the real New York, right? No, we all know it's Manhattan. So then you meet the the main players, and uh, I believe that's when. John, uh, Joe Don Baker shows up and well, first you meet Patsy. That's the Valley girl. Did you know any Valley girls? Like were there girls who spoke overly affected? Uh, no. Girl shit? We didn't it, have it, that either. Yeah. It was a West coast thing. So, 
But but yeah. I, I, we did see it where I lived because since we're right on the beach, there were surfer people, and I think that they adopted sort of that same asinine I, I <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, effect. I was, was going to say, I can't think of a more annoying speech pattern. You know, like, lighter than deed the bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it <just sounds> yeah. <laughs> like, you're not Spicoli. Exactly. You'll never be. There's one Spicoli. Right. <laughs> No. But yeah, you get the yeah. So she was she was hanging out at the arcade. The father shows up for such a busy busy businessman. He was at the arcade an awful lot. Uh, he showed up to grab his daughter. Wanted to pull his daughter out of this uh, this uh, house of ill repute. Repute, I guess. I, yeah. I, I don't, you know. And um, what ended up happening was the the manager asked these other two girls, I think it was the ones that rubbed Eugene's crotch, if they wanted to go into his office and play strip um, strip video game or strip Pac-Man or something strip like that. Strip something or another, yeah. Yeah. So they went into the office to start playing this game where they had to take their clothes off, and there's a bed in the office, which is kind of weird because the grandfather is the one who originally owns the arcade. So why does this 80-year-old man need a bed in his in his office you know uh probably for naps at one time it could have been to cheat on his wife but i'll bet you it was for naps <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's at three o'clock i need to take a nap so yeah. so he starts um messing around with the girls because the girls really were into him and uh so they start getting out of bed and, and there's starting to be a threesome going on right which i can tell you never happened at any age certainly not at that age yeah that's that's like you're, you're still trying to lock one down two yeah <laughs> forget about it still trying to work on two <laughs> <laughs> do you think do you think you got your work cut out for you is it, I, I feel like uh miss five is not amenable to that sort of thing no you know not please I, I told you when i was watching porkies um we had the back door open uh, that leads out into our backyard, and the sex noise that was coming from the um, movie, she got up and she's like, what are the neighbors going to think? You need to lower that. And she actually got up to shut the door to make sure nobody was listening to, you know, I don't want them to think you're watching a porno, so I seriously doubt that that's going to happen. Actually, she, I, we could ask her right now, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. There? Yeah, tell her I want to know. Hey, uh, we got a quick question for you. Can you hear Okay. Yeah. Mayor, uh, would you ever be uh, allow a threesome to happen? Can you ask me a question? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a I can't hear you. Is that a yes or a no? It's a no. It's a no. All right, go back to sleep then. <laughs> Did you hear she goes outside? You have to ask me this question. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's going to be a, a hard no, I guess. Uh, she doesn't have a, a, a zest for life, huh? Like you only live once no. type thing. I've called her many times. She is the anchor on the ship of fun. Well, I mean, any woman who, like, if if their guy approaches them with, like, hey, what do you think about a threesome? All they have to be like, well, sure, if it's another guy. And that would shut you down right. immediately, right? <laughs> you're, like, yeah, fine, you're right. You're, you. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. She'd be like, let me give Lawrence a call. He's right down the street. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like it would so, not be as fun. No, no, not at all. Uh, so yeah, so they're in the middle of their threesome. The who who goes up on the roof? Eugene and somebody else. It was another. Dorcas, I think it was another. Yeah, I think it was Mc, McDorfus and yeah, definitely Eugene. Because then what happens is, 
<laughs> and did you notice the, uh, in this this part and many other parts? It's the this is where I talk about the incompetence. Their eye lines are so off that you're like, what the fuck are they looking at? Like they're certainly not looking at the person they're supposed to be talking to. It looks like they're like, and even the the girls at first, like in that first scene, they seem very like nervous because and, and you know i would be too if i'm sitting there naked on camera and i'm supposed to be right seductive and shit but a lot of times the women with their tops off they just look nervous and almost looking to the director or whoever's off camera to be like what do i do here what am i supposed to do there were there were a couple times too like i noticed like the camera was it looked like they were more concerned with showing the boobs so the cameras were a lot lower and they were like almost looking off to the left above the camera Right. So, yeah, you're right. You, you don't know what the heck they were looking at. Yeah. But, uh, uh, so, we, oh, okay, yeah. So now he's uh, on the roof with McDorfus, and he's looking down through the moonroof <laughs> of a limo, right? No, he's looking through the moonroof of the office. Oh, the this office. This is where the big okay. thing, yes, they, they do the, um, what the hell is it, fire extinguisher through a pipe in the ceiling and it floods the office so that they now think that it's on fire. The alarm goes off and the two naked girls run out of the office into the arcade and just happen to run into the arms of Patsy's father. So this is kind of a big part of the movie because then they snap a picture of Patsy's father with these two topless girls. Right, that's the evidence that will uh, come into play later on. But before that, McDorfus was on a roof. I thought, weren't two people in a limo in a hot tub, oh, and, he, and he falls nah. through the moonroof into the hot tub? Did that happen before the the threesome thing? I don't know. I can't remember be. now. It was it was a fun first day for this kid. Yeah, there was a van in the parking lot. And Juji went in and was saying that he heard some noises coming out of the van or whatever. And they said, well, you better go and check it out. And he got on top of the van. I don't know why he wouldn't just knock or look through the window. <laughs> he gets on top of the van, sees that a guy and a girl are in the van in a hot tub and falls into the hot tub uh, with the guy and the girl. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not sure who, like you said, the one girl was very attractive. But then like for every one of them, there's a girl who's breasts are unfortunate and you're like why <laughs> yeah, her like you're in fucking la i'm assuming or you're in one of the a bigger city casting this shit yeah. like I, I just don't get it but again it's it wasn't risky business it was fucking joysticks so that's probably <laughs> the reason you know that's right that's right 80s boobs whoever could whoever would be willing to do it it's they probably hired yeah so uh so i can't remember where that fell into place but also before that uh what you see Patsy and her dad, uh, the businessman, they're at home. She's out tanning, looking all fine yeah. and shit. And yep. da dad shows up and he's like, basically like, I don't want you to go to that arcade. And she's like, I want to go to the arcade. He's like, don't go to that arcade. And the two, uh, his two nephews are with him who one of the guys was, uh, one of the Daryls from Newhart. Yeah. I was shocked yes. by that. And people are like, what the fuck? What are, what are you guys talking to? Newhart, what is that? <laughs> Newhart, next week. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? Once you found out that he was the Daryl from Newhart, he was the Daryl, the shorter Daryl, um, mm. you could see it. You know, like at first I'm watching him, like this guy really looks familiar. Then when I found out who he was, I was like, oh yeah, I totally see it now. 
As I said to Mary Beth, I'm like, I think that's Daryl. She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like from New Heart, she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. She's like, what's the New Heart? Yeah. She's, this is happening more and more, Bri. I don't understand these references. Yeah, she's like, are you so old you need a new heart? I'm like, oh. <laughs> Not yet, honey. No, soon, though. No. Um, so, there, you know, she's in a bathing suit, a very skimpy bikini, and the the – the nephews who would be her cousins are gawking at her and shit. And uh, it was weird, right? There was like a weird moment. And then uh, he's like, the dad, Joe Don Baker, the businessman is like, you better not go to that arcade. And she stands up and it was such a great moment. I think it was the best moment in the movie where she, like the way she played it, she's like, daddy, if I want to go to that arcade, I'm going to go to that arcade. And then she's like, and she holds her nose and jumps in the pool in such a passive aggressive way that you're like, that little yeah. bitch. <laughs> like, if that was my daughter, I'd want to strangle her. <laughs> she cannonballed right into that pool. And uh, the two nephews who were supposed to be the henchmen, too, it was kind of funny because you usually picture like bodyguards or henchmen to be like these big, tough guys. This one guy wore a baseball cap. Through the entire movie. They were not the, uh, people to be reckoned with, not at all. <laughs> no, 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 not at all, not at all. And so their bright idea was they wanted to get into the uncle's good graces, so they were going to try and do something to the arcade. So before they could figure out what they wanted to do to sabotage the arcade, they dressed up. Now, these are the two nephews. They dressed up as hippie boyfriend and girlfriend to go into the arcade to do reconnaissance. Right. Mm -hmm. And and uh, so they're walking through this arcade <laughs> and the, the one that played Daryl, I mean, his, his name in the movie was Max, but they were he was known as Maxine in this scene. Vidiette or Vidiette, whatever his name was, um, fell in love with Max and kept wanting to get busy with Max. And I mean, it's not even like it's a good drag queen. I mean, you can yeah. tell that just a guy <laughs> in a dress. Yeah. <laughs> it was, so, there were yeah. so many strange angles that they decided to take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's like, fuck you. I mean, basically her whole bit was, was essentially she could have been like, go fuck yourself, jumped in the pool and that would have been it. But she did it in such a great way. I thought, yeah. Um, there was a guy in the movie too. His, I, I mean, I don't know if you noticed him, but, uh, his name is Reed Cruikshanks. Uh, he was a coach towards the end of the movie. Um, uh -huh. he, I thought he was Brian Keith. He looks so much like Brian Keith. Again, people are like, who the fuck is that? But like, he looks so much like him. I don't know if you noticed him. He played a coach towards the end. I re I remember the coach at the end because it was like they had a trial, which was taking yes. place at the city <laughs> at the city hall meeting. They had a trial, yep. and I remember him. And then it was like, did they have a nun or a teacher or something? Some other people there uh, trying to think of who else the coach. And it was just you know people who were for the arcade, people who were against the arcade, and it was it was it was wild. Coach Coach Straight was his name. Coach Straight, yeah. I just looked it up. Yeah, that's right. Um, so. So there are a, a couple more instances as we go along of sexual assault uh, or or assault that takes place during sex. One is that um, no, why did why did she why did they want to sneak into her room? Oh, because they thought we, they were going to have sex with somebody else. Like at one oh, point, they're trying God. to sneak into Mrs. Rudder's room. Right. Oh, what the hell? They were. 
Yeah, they were, oh, now I can't remember. They were trying to sneak into the house for something. They ended up in the Rudder's bedroom. And was it, it, because this happened, did it happen twice? Was it Eugene? Eugene first got into the room, right? I think it was, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, was, right. it, was, it was Eugene. Yeah. Eugene got into the room first. Now she's all hopped up on pills is what it looks, what you're led to believe because there's a big bottle of pills on the nightstand and she is like sleeping, but she's not sleeping. He happens to, Eugene happens to trip or something, ends up in the bed with the wife of Jodan Baker as she starts molesting him while she's sleeping, thinking that it's her husband, who is this 68-year-old, 200-pound man. She's confusing him somehow with this little nerdy guy, and she yeah. starts trying to, to molest him. She, she thinks she, she's ready for sex, yeah. She had the best line in the movie right here where she's like, whatever, I can't remember what his name was, whatever his name is, she goes, assert your manhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that line made me laugh when she said that. <laughs> well, he called it Simba, right? Wasn't that his manhood? Yeah. The nickname was Simba. Uh, so then the husband comes home, and now all three of them are in bed. And he doesn't and notice anything. He doesn't hear the moaning. No. He doesn't notice no, all the I, movement and gyration. None of it. I wrote that down. I mean, you know, if I'm in bed and Mary gets up, I notice. So I don't know how you could walk into a bedroom, change, get into bed, and not know that there is a third person there with you, especially when your wife is all over him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, he's and moaning, moaning and everything. And he's just like, oh, go to sleep. You know, uh, I'm tired or whatever. And she's, uh, she's going to town. So the bright idea to get Eugene out of the house is McDorfus goes and rings the doorbell now it's supposed to be like two o'clock in the morning or something and starts asking these weird questions he needs somebody to talk to joe don baker goes downstairs he opens the door mcdorfus is standing there and this joe don baker is like what do you want he's like i just need somebody to talk to my girlfriend ran off or you know he's coming up with all these different problems and the thing that baffles me is the guy is standing there listening to him right i mean no reason came to your house, yeah if somebody came to your i mean if somebody came don't get me wrong. If somebody came to me now during the quarantine, I would be totally bored listening to whatever they have to say. But before this, if somebody came and now they just talk to me about their breakup or whatever, I wouldn't stand there, especially at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, these, these days while, somebody's like, hey, you want to hear about vermin? You're like, do I? <laughs> <laughs> you bet I do. <laughs> so the, Eugene ends up escaping because now... Jodan Baker is downstairs talking to McDorfus, but then um, Eugene ends up falling off the porch right in front of Jodan Baker. <laughs> so he didn't, it wasn't a clean escape, apparently. It was right. just, you know, that was it, yeah. And this makes him extra mad, Jodan Baker. And I think, is this where, the, uh, where they pull the evidence out? Or do we, do we see Jefferson's first time having sex? Um, I think evidence comes later. Evidence comes later. Evidence. So for some reason, we see Jefferson Bailey's tale of the first time having sex where I can't re exactly recall the reason, but he slaps the shit out of her at one point. Uh, of the girl? Yeah. He slapped her. Oh. I, I can't remember because he's like, he, he smacks her, and but I can't remember the, his reasoning now. I should have fucking written it down. These are like, I watch his movies think- and I'm like, I'll remember it. I'll remember it. And then I never remember it. <laughs> I, yeah, I think what happened was, so 
Jefferson, the, the main thing through the movie is that he runs this arcade for his grandfather, and he doesn't play any of the video games. And it comes out towards the end that the reason he doesn't play any of these video games is because his first time trying to have sex with his girlfriend, Sandy, um, somebody came, the father walked in on them, right. I think is what it was. And it, it caused all this problem or anything. And I think he pushed Sandy off of him. Uh, um, and then the dad smacks her, right? The yes. dad starts, and she's yes. naked. The dad is slapping around his nude teenage daughter. <laughs> <laughs> in front of the boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> that's right. That's what happened. Oh, my God. So, so, I mean, it's just horrible, this movie. So that's why Jefferson no longer wants to play any of these video games. Right. So that's that's kind of the the the, the, the reoccurring theme or the the, the thing at the that, that'll pop up at the end. Um, so so I'm trying to think. So the after the reconnaissance, though, the two henchmen come up with this plan of how they're going to get in Joe Don Baker's good graces. They're going to steal these arcade games. Right. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so they what, they rent like a U-Haul, and they have this grand idea of we're going to go there at night, we're going to take all these video games, and then, uh, you know, they won't be able to, the, the arcade won't be able to make any money, and, uh, and, and, and that's going to be it. And I forgot how, I think Eugene heard the story, or somebody heard it. Somebody over so heard somebody it. Knew what, yeah, somebody knew what the plan was, so they end up, uh, God, what did they do? I think they took the gas out of the truck while the two nephews were inside loading it up with video games. And then when they left to go get gas, they had to go get a gas can or something. They ended yeah. up taking the video games out of the truck. Yeah, they unloaded so, them back into the arcade. Right. So the nephews uh, drove off thinking that they had all these video games and they didn't have anything. Right. And then I think that's when they did the protest after that. Where, where they had all the people picketing out in front. Right. I noticed that picketers, like, they, they have a sign that looks like it's like um, like a yard sale sign on a stake that they just pulled up out of the ground <laughs> and wrote whatever they're against on it. And then they walk in a circle and their arms just go up and down as they chant whatever <laughs> chant, you know. It's protest. It just well, seems so boring, man. Like, that, I guess I kind of get uh, Antifa. Like, how it's like, what's more fun, throwing right. a, a wire trash can through somebody's windshield or walking in a circle, you know? Well, and the fact that there was only, like, five of them. You know, yeah. you had five people protesting the arcade. Yeah, like, unless the and entire they, population is ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a significant dent. You've, you've never been a part of any protest or, um, or picketing, have you? Uh, one time. I... I it was during the Iraq war and I was uh -huh. in San Francisco cause my brother lived there. I went on this like 6,000 mile motorcycle ride. And, um, mm -hmm. so my, uh, my brother, uh, Eric lived in San Francisco and he's like, Hey, there's going to be this protest down at, uh, some park. And I was like, I'll go look at protest hippies. I'll check them out. And then, <laughs> so once I'm there, you start smoking weed and shit, and then everyone starts walking, and I'm like, all right, I guess I'll walk. Now, I was neither for nor against anything, but I'm like, I guess we're going to walk now. So. <laughs> so I just walked around with people. And we didn't walk in a circle. It was like a pretty decent, like, uh, a pretty decent uh, length of, of road we, we walked. You know, so you protested by accident. Yeah. 
But I don't, yeah. I don't I don't remember like holding up traffic or anything. I think it might have been like a predetermined route or something. Like if you have right. a sanctioned protest, I don't know. It doesn't seem as protesty. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, we never I mean we we I, I was involved in one once and that was because we went without a contract as a our teachers union. So we were like without a contract for 3 years and we had to um you know, we, we picketed like in front of the school. Uh, yeah, that was it. I had yeah. to hold up a sign and everything and, you know. Walk in a circle. That was, yeah, I walked in a circle. I mean, yours was definitely more fun, I can guarantee it. Yeah. Edgar was in one once. Really? Yeah, he shot someone at Kent State. That old chestnut again. Oh man, you gotta call me more. <laughs> yeah, I, I like talking to you. It's fun. And Mary Beth was like, "I miss the Franks. I want to go out with them." <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I told I told Mary that uh, I, I'm willing if these other states are open to go to them. And she, you know, she's just dead set against it. But I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I don't think they'll open up New Jersey before they open up New York. That's not going to happen. Probably but, not. Yeah, at least in your area, you'll probably be open before we are. Yeah, the I cities think so will too. probably be the like Manhattan will be the last to go. But you know what's kind of scary? Not scary, but what's kind of wild about it is the fact that they're canceling so many things so far out in advance. Yeah. We, the, I, I was watching the governor today. He was actually up around where where I was, where we live, and he said basically they're not having the New York State Fair. That's basically wow. what he said. And, I mean, that's kind of a big deal because they said that they get, like, over a million and a half people to that day just in the, in the week. Now, the state fair usually takes place, like, right around, I think it's, like, August. August or early, early September. Hmm. So, I mean, to cancel something that far out, that's pretty wild. Well, I think they're also accounting for, like, people are not going to jump right back into doing shit, you know? They're going to be, like, they're still going to be cautious. I was thinking yesterday because I saw, I was in a place and I saw a person without a mask and I was like, yeah. at one time, and it wasn't that long ago, if you go into Target or a grocery store and you see somebody with a mask, you're like, look at this one. Now, if you right. fucking see someone without a mask, you're like, what are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> yes, exactly. I feel the same exact way. It's almost like a slap in the face. Yeah. You know, I'm walking around in this heavy mask and you're not. And it's like, you know, it makes you want to beat doing? their ass if not for fear of the fucking virus. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. How are you on masks? You got masks? Uh, yeah, we got masks. We got gloves. Okay. I have uh, see, I'm a big proponent of, um, of not toilet paper, but like those flushable wipes. Right. Like I, I have, I had so many of them already just before any of this started that I'm like, I'm probably good for three or four months. So yeah. like, anything that is involved down there, yeah, it's like we're, we're pretty <laughs> decent, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. My, my wife's brother is somebody who's way over the top with this kind of stuff. And when this all started, I mean, he came to us with these boxes of masks. You know, here, you're going to need these. Right. <laughs> so I was like, all right. And I just kept them in the basement, mocking him. For weeks until, guess what? Two weeks ago, I started wearing a mask every time I go out now. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, you gotta. Um, all right, so the, oh, what happened? So, oh, you know what I want to ask you, though? Uh, I, want to, I did oh, yeah. have a general question going back to, like, the uh, the first time flashback getting thrown around. Okay. Are you, are you tired? Have you tired of the teen sex romp? Has the whole 
genre just run its course at least for like a modern audience because you can't even say like oh well you know uh like say alma house was the hangover was american pie you know any any number right. of, of those type of movies like ribald shit but more i guess like like american pie kind of objectify shannon elizabeth right like it's all about her yeah. it's whenever she's on the screen or how hot mm-hmm. she is and now with all this woke shit like is this kind of stuff going to become yeah. less and less i i think i think so i mean i i i know that i'm i'm far from the demographic that they're looking for for teen comedies right. but especially teen sex comedies but you know you can just kind of see that the world you know, it's changing people's personalities, people, what people like, I mean, it's just, it's different now, you know, now, I mean, look at, they want to have more positive female role models in movies, you know, which, which they should. So I find it very hard to believe that somebody would make uh, a, a, a teen sex comedy again, which objectifies uh, women. I just, I just don't think that the society that we have now would allow it. That person would just get brutalized. On uh, on social media now, and you know it's just and the thing with these movies is I mean it it was it was the time and I'm not you know I'm not trying to excuse any I mean it sounds horrible but I'm not trying to excuse anything but that's the way it was you know but also like think about how old you were and it's like anyone holding us responsible for 80s teen comedies it's like look we went and saw them because we were fucking 13 14 years old right like yeah. i didn't make the movies like yes i enjoyed them and i enjoyed the tits and i enjoyed the fucking the, the story whatever some i did some i didn't mm-hmm. but the point being is like why am i held accountable because i liked right. them back then it's like trust me i don't like them that much now we just rip apart <laughs> fucking joysticks like <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it is. It's just a different. I don't know. It's, it's like, are you mad at me different. because I enjoyed women's breasts as a child? Is that what this is about? Because <laughs> I still enjoy them. Yeah. I still. Let me tell you. I don't know about you. I I gotta say, I felt almost like a kid again watching this movie. I remember when I was younger, we had Cinemax at my house, mm-hmm. and I would go downstairs late at night. And watch, you know, Friday nights at, you know, 10, 11 o'clock is when all those movies came on. And the minute anything came on that was sexual or whatever, turned the volume way down, right? So you're just sitting in front of the TV watching what's going on. When I was watching Joysticks, I found myself doing the exact same thing. I mean, I'm almost 50 years old, and when they're having sex, I'm turning the volume down. Yeah. It's well. I'll tell you. Like I'm, I'm going beyond the teen sex romp. I think all love scenes should be eliminated. I find mm-hmm. nothing more boring than a fucking love scene, like a serious love scene in a movie. I'm like, why the fuck am I watching this? I don't care about right. seeing either of them naked. Uh, I don't care that that now they're so close that they're gonna make love. Like I don't give a fuck about any of that shit. Just like start it and then cut away. Just cut away. Like every sex scene I see now, it's like I have the same reaction as the one in the room where I'm just like, oh, come on. I don't want to yeah. watch this. <laughs> what, I mean, what would you say is your favorite genre of movie? I mean, what do you like? Uh, it would be horror, yeah. Horror? Yeah, I'd have to go with horror. I, I, I've always liked um, like uh, action movies. I got a friend of mine. He's really, really into horror movies. And uh, 
So I started watching more and more horror movies just the, the last couple of months or so. I started to get into those. Like, I watched all the Saws. I binge-watched all of those, and I really liked them. So then I, I went back, I started watching the human, I watched the human centipede, I started watching all these horror movies, which was, which was really cool. But I've never been one to want to watch like these romantic love stories or these sex stories or anything. It's either action or now horror. Yeah. Well, I mean like, like rom-coms, fuck it. Unless it's like a decent Nora Ephron scripted one. But other than that, like, mm-hmm. like rom-coms are just shit. Who cares? Yeah. Like the, any anything that a that a female would be like, oh, take me to go see this. I know I don't want to see it. Right. I already know Those I don't want to see it. Going, you go and you see them on the first date. You know, Mary and I, our first date, we went and saw Hope Floats with, uh, <laughs> with, uh, with Sandra uh, Bullock. Bullock. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That, that was the last romantic comedy we saw. You know, I think after that we saw uh, something about Mary. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, I went in, I got in our good graces on the first date, and then after that, it was, all right, we're going to watch this. Yeah, something about Mary then is like later that night, it was something about Mary part two as you did her hair for her. <laughs> 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 oh, God. How about this? How about, when, remember that song that came out, Mambo Number no. 5? Yep. And there was a there was a line in it that said, a little bit of Mary all night long. Mm-hmm. And she used to love when that song would come out when uh, when that line would would be spewed and i would say oh yeah what the five minutes it's hardly all night long <laughs> i get tired you know <laughs> yeah. i want to watch tv <laughs> uh, i don't know what you're doing down there <laughs> i just know it's not for me <laughs> uh, one thing oh, i noticed shit. about this movie two joysticks was the soundtrack there are many songs i don't know if you notice this that sound like popular songs of the time they're not the songs but they kind of right. sound like them. Like there was a My Sharona knockoff in there. Yes. Did you hear Every that? time the vignettes. Yeah. Yep. Every mm-hmm. time the vignettes got in there. Uh, even the very first song, um, the Joy 16 song, uh, had a ton of like sexual innuendos in it. Oh, yeah. You know, grab, grab my stick and, you know, and that was the main one that I got was just grab my stick. That and the word video repeated over and over and over again. Yeah. Like video, yeah. video, video, video games. <laughs> <laughs> we got to find the soundtrack. I wonder if there's a soundtrack to this thing. There must be somewhere. But so, uh, all right. So, so they get their games back, and right. and Joe Don Baker is like, "Look, uh, I am just unhappy about this still." And yep. somehow, King Vidiot has to do a video duel with Jefferson, the owner of the arcade on these giant joysticks yes with, with games that it's like how much money did grandpa have to sink into this venture because like this seems very uh elaborate for its time yeah it's they're huge they're like the size like the tip of the joystick is the size of like a bowling ball yeah it, yeah the, so, the mean, tip is yeah and, and the rest is like you're like this seems like it'd be very difficult to even pull or play with but king vidiot who i don't know if you ever see him playing video games you know, he's the king, but I don't know. No. Yeah, I don't think you see him actually playing video games at any point. But they duel. And it was like, if Jefferson wins, I guess he gets to keep his arcade open, which he was doing anyway. Right. And if King Vidiot wins. He gets to stay, right? And he gets to stay and hang out in the arcade with his friends. Is that what happens? I think that's or, it. And oh, did no, no, Jordan no, no. Baker's story just trail off? Yes, because. Um, I think what was supposed to happen was Jodan Baker hired 
King Vidya to um, get rid of the arcade. So when Vidya goes into the arcade to start causing trouble or whatever, Jefferson says to him, we don't want you in the arcade anymore. And he's like, no, I should get to stay. And he says, all right, I'll play you for it. You, um, uh, what is it? You're, no. And then Jodan Baker follows, follows them in. Right. And then it was like, you're man against my man, right? So Jefferson says, McDorfus is going to play for the arcade. And Jodan Baker says, King Vidya is going to play for me. If King Vidya wins, you close the arcade. If McDorfus wins, the arcade stays open. Right. Which I don't know how any of this is even legally binding, but that's what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, and, Jefferson but, has no vested. Like, why would he want to do that? <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't. Well, first of all, he doesn't even own the arcade. Right. So I don't know how he's closing it down if he loses anyway. And it's like, why would you even ag- agree to this? There's no you reason know? to entertain it. You get nothing out of it. And McDorfus, though, was kidnapped, right? <laughs> he was brought to, was it the Mrs. Rudder's house? Was, yes. was that oh, where he was? That's right. Yeah. She was trying to molest Yeah, she was trying to molest him. That's right. Oh my she God. was very horny. She was like um, Mrs. Roper. Yes, you know? oh, oh, Audrey Roper. <laughs> yeah, she wanted that, wanted sex, and um, so because McDorfus isn't there, uh, Joe Don Baker says, "Well, then you have to play." So now Jefferson has to play against uh, Uncle Rico, and Jefferson. This is I thought this was this was my favorite part of the movie. So Jefferson. Needs 15 minutes because I need 15 minutes. He goes into the back room, goes into the office with Eugene and starts telling Eugene the story of how, you know, he hasn't played video games since um, the father walked in on him and his old girlfriend. And, you know, and, and Eugene is really trying to like pump him up. And then they get into this whole like rocky montage <laughs> of he starts playing video games in the office. He starts doing sit ups. And, and, and push-ups. And, Is this like I the, mean, the going, montage throughout the arcade as well? Because that was like an yeah. awesome trip. <laughs> it was. And it was like, I mean, he was only gone for 15 minutes. Dude, it took him 10 minutes to tell the story. Yeah. So I don't know how many sit-ups and push-ups he's doing <laughs> and why he needs to do that to play a video game. And then all of a sudden he feels like he's ready and he goes out. And now him and that King Vidya are facing off against each other on a brand new Pac, oh, Super Pac-Man, I think was the name of the game. Super Pac-Man. Super Pac-Man, right? <laughs> and, it was, and it was kind of weird because Pac-Man, or, or the company that owns Pac-Man, Namco, I don't know how they got the licensing rights for this, but like every time they changed scenes, there was a Pac-Man that would swipe to go to a different scene. This brand new video game, which was the Super Pac-Man, was, was featured in this movie. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they, I don't know how they, they swung that, but they, Well, at the time, it was it. probably just uh, considered, a, like, hey, if you showcase the <laughs> the new Super Pac-Man game, which we just put out, you can use this other shit. You can use the Pac-Man wipes and all that other crap. <laughs> well, you would think that somebody from, from Pac-Man would be like, but we wanted to see the script first. Because then you would you think, would think they that. probably would have. You would probably think they would back off and say, "No, you know what? We're good. We'll just mm-hmm. put it in the arcade, and that's it." We're going to let so Risky Business that. use the Pac-Man logo. <laughs> <laughs> so they start playing, 
And King Vignette, I think, does really, really well, right? Yeah. He, he, uh, he's got, like, a high score or something, and then he dies, and then um, Jefferson is, like, down to his last guy. And McDorfus ends up escaping from the wife by telling the wife that he's got even better-looking friends for her. I mean, that's how horny she is. She let him go because there's a promise of other young boys that he could bring to her. Yeah. It's the, so that's how he escaped. Right. It's, it's the equivalent of just like, I promise if you let me go, I won't tell anybody what happened. Right. Except this exactly. guy goes a step further and he's like, not only will I not tell anyone, I will lead other people here for you. <laughs> there was a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. There was a serial killer named Dean Coral who had like two boys go out and procure other young boys for him. He killed like 30 kids. That's really? Like, yeah. It's like similar behavior. You know, Mary just started watching that making a murder. I told her how into it you were. There's a yeah. couple of different ones, right? Uh, there's two. Yeah. There's the first one. Then there's the second one that <coughs> kind of catches you up. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. She, she just started that. She's been enjoying that. I'd be a horrible uh, lawyer because the second I heard that he threw a family cat in the fire or whatever through the fire, I was like, I don't give a fuck what he did. Just imprison him for life. Yeah. Did you see that? Um, don't fuck with cats. No, nah, I won't watch it because I know there's a little – like there's some – people are like, no, you don't see anything with cats. But then I saw flashes of cats on the screen when I started to watch it. And I'm like, I just – no. I don't want to see anything at all, not even a frame, not even a subliminal yeah. fucking hint of it. I you know, I was like that too. I kind of forced myself to watch it and um, I was glad because it was – actually, it was really, really good. It showed how like you know, just some concerned people on the internet, how they ended up tracking down this person um right. and, and and you know he was he was posting these videos that he was uh basically daring people to find him and oh yeah definitely so but it was it was pretty good um so then uh dorfus escapes dorfus gets to the arcade and he is ready to take over for um jefferson and eugene stops him and says, um, Jefferson needs to do this for himself. Let him work through his problem. Let him finish the video game. Right. And Dorfus just kind of stays off to the side while Jefferson continues to play. <laughs> kind of, you know, I'm getting a little bit of a lump in my throat just thinking about it. Yeah, it was a beautiful ending. <laughs> <laughs> so what ends up happening? The Jefferson wins. Right, gets to keep the arcade. Not surprisingly, and Joe Don, not surprisingly, and Joe Don Baker he ends up leaving, and they end with the grandfather. Now, I mean, what time of night is this? The grandfather is wheeled in by this really hot nurse, and behind the hot nurse is this other girl, and it turns out that this girl is Jefferson's girlfriend, Sandy. Back for the reunion. Back for the reunion. Look who I found for you, my grandson. I found your, the girl you tried to lose your virginity to, and it didn't work out well. I found her for you. So he's so infirmed that he can't run his own arcade, but he can scout around. In 1983, I might add, not with the internet or anything, uh, to fucking find this girl who, who you know, kind of got yeah. cucked out by her own dad. <laughs> he's like uh, he's like Columbo. 
And you know what? And it's another thing, too. That's another, we talked about this before, how these movies let us down. I have been in the hospital before. I have never had a nurse like any nurse that they've ever portrayed in a movie. No. Never, never the short skirts, never the hot, you know. Nary a sponge bath. No, no, not at all. When I got my knee done, there was a moment where, like, I'm hooked up to all these fucking catheters, all this other shit, you know? And at some point, I'm like, oh, my God, I pissed all over myself. Like, I didn't realize it. <laughs> and I'm like, and these nurses were, like, average looking at best. And I still couldn't right. bring myself to humiliate you know, to humiliate myself like that. So it's like, as much as it hurt, I, I just like got up and, and reached over and got like a new set of fucking underpants. But holy shit, right. it's all in pain. <laughs> but yeah, you wanted to try and salvage any kind of respect that you had. Yeah, there wasn't I, much I, there. I, but <laughs> No, I remember I had, um, I had a hernia surgery and they wheeled me into the operating room and I'll never forget. And you know how just before you go under... Um, so the nurses are all standing there and the doctor is standing there and you're kind of prepping and getting you ready. And then, you know, I felt like my pants were coming down or the, the gown, they were lifting the gown up. And I remember just looking at the nurse and saying to her, um, it's, it's just awfully cold in here. <laughs> that, that, and then that's all I remember. I remember it going black mm. and that was it. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, it was true. It was you wake true. up, you wake up in cuffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was Joystick, the 1983 hit. <laughs> yeah. Hit, and you can, uh, I can't remember, it could just go to Amazon, it'll point you in the direction, I think. It was like Tubi or Hubi or Ubi or something like that, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like, because the same thing happened to me, I was watching it, I paused it, and like the TV went off, and I came back like a half hour later, and it had gone to Amazon, you had to pay. Like right, right in the middle of what I'm watching, I was like, what the fuck is this? All right, so that is it for uh, Frank Five and Bry's 80 and Less Than 80. And we did it by like 10 minutes, I think. No, wait. Perfect. No, I think we did it by like eight minutes. Ah, even better. Yeah. So uh, Eight's all around. We'll see if people like this. Uh, we'll probably put it on Patreon if we continue to do it. Very reasonable. Yeah. $5 a month. Yeah, you figure, you know, you're stuck at home anyway. There's not much that you can do. and. You know, you'll, you'll watch one of these movies and then you listen and, you know, it's it's like we're watching it with them. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, holy shit with the streaming services. I get if people are like, look, I don't want to pay for one more thing. Like, right. it's like, oh, you want to watch this? Well, you're going to have to pay for Comedy Central streaming. Oh, you want to watch that? Well, you're mm -hmm. going to pay for DC Universe streaming. HBO, Showtime, yeah. Netflix, this, that, BET. Holy shit. Like, I mean, Christ almighty. Yeah, you know? yeah there's a lot of choices out there. Uh, but we digress. So go to Twitter uh, at Tell Him Steve Dave and let us know what you think of this. Unless it's negative, then go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs>